What's going on, everybody? NXT's Great American Bash is going to be taking place tomorrow night, and the main event is going to be talking about all the matches, including the NXT Championship, as Carmelo Hayes defends his championship against the number one contender, Ilya Dragunov. We're also going to talk about the NXT Women's Championship being on the line, the tag team titles on the line. Is there a possibility that Cody Rhodes could show up at NXT's Great American Bash? Very interesting story on that. Plus, we're going to talk about some of the matches that are going to take place at SummerSlam. And it is official, and it is going to take place. Ronda Rousey to go one-on-one against Shayna Baszler. But the question is, what sort of stipulation will happen in this matchup between the two? Plus, several more matches that happen at SummerSlam. SummerSlam happening in one week, and the main event is looking forward to checking out all that and everything. And also... We are at the end of July, and we're entering August in about a few days, and we're getting ready to get ourselves set for everything that's going to happen in August, including SummerSlam, including All In, and All Out, and several other things are going to happen in the world of professional wrestling. It's all going to take place right here tonight, or today, or however it works, right here on the Made of Ed Talk podcast. Let's start the show, shall we? What's going on, everybody? Welcome to this very special edition of the Main Event Talk Podcast. I am the Main Event Player, Super Seeking himself, Herman Torres. Coming back at you, the God of Gods, the King of Kings, the coolest son of a motherfucking bitch walking God's green earth. It is Saturday, July 29th. This is the final week. The final week of July until we enter August, which will be next week. We're actually in a couple of days from now. So there's a lot of stuff we're going to be covering as far as August goes, a lot of stuff we got to cover, including WWE SummerSlam, which is coming up one week from now. Uh, we know that, um, uh, let's see, we have the all-in, all-out. Hap- well, actually, when you think about it, we have all-in that's coming in August, but all-out is going to happen in September, uh, which will we'll give you a bit of details about that. No matches have been announced yet for that. Which is incredible to me because, like, you would have figured, you would have figured they would have at least been one match, right? <clears throat> you know, something for, something for everyone to look forward to with Wembley Stadium um, already where we're at. 
uh, where we're at uh, 75,000 fans already. They're going to be checking this out and everything. So, it should be extremely interesting to see how all that goes. But we'll talk, we'll talk a little bit more about the all-in concept uh, as we can. So, there's a couple things we need to do here on the Main Event Talk podcast. Uh, obviously, uh, there's one thing that we are going to talk about. And um, I, I mentioned it last week. And I'm going to mention it here about my birthday deal and everything. It went as good as I thought it would be. It would have been a little bit better, but trust me when I tell you, I don't think it was. But before we talk about my birthday, a uh, big shout out, big birthday shout out right here on the Main Event Talk podcast. And uh, I knew it was going to be a matter of time. I've seen the advertisements on Facebook and it's getting all over the place. And I just want to give a big shout out to a bartender over at Rich's Billiards. But not only not only a bartender, but someone I've known a very, very long time who's worked at Rich's Billiards many times. She's been um, off and on a couple of times when it comes to Rich's Billiards. Uh, she's still on as far as we know it right now. <clears throat> but today is her birthday. Um, I, well, I, I, I don't think, I don't think she mentioned her age. I don't think I care to know about her age because I don't want to go too far, but just want to give a big shout out, big happy birthday to Candy Diamond. Yes. Candy Diamond. Today is your birthday. What? She's 30 years old. No, actually she's 21. Okay. Well, we'll stick with that. She's 21 years old. <laughs> uh, yeah. Candy, um, Candy's been around Rich's Billiards for a very, very, very long time. I have uh, seen Candy for a very, very long time. C- Candy, Candy, you know, Candy reminds me of a little bit. Well, Candy reminds well, um, oh, and oh, God, and I got to bring this up. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about this part in a moment because I've got to mention this. So Candy reminds me of several women, several women, because she is an attractive woman. I ain't gonna lie, she is pretty attractive. She reminds me of of two professional wrestlers, both women to be exact. One is Gigi Dorlin, right? She uh, has a, just imagine, just imagine, imagine Candy with orange hair. Just imagine that for a brief moment, right? And if she had a bigger ass, but that's just me talking, okay? That's just me talking. And also, she also reminds me of this other girl. Um, she is not uh, she's a professional wrestler she is an indie uh, she is an indie wrestler uh has not been in the uh in any of the big rosters that I know of but she has been a part of Ring of Honor she's been a part of several other indie promotions i believe she's wrestled here in Corpus Christi a couple of times uh um i believe she is a San Antonio native but i know that she lives over in California, so it's uh, Alex Gracia, um, that's all, that, you know, any, any time, just imagine, just imagine Candy with pink hair, just imagine that for a moment, and trust, and, and also, here's another thing that will seem a bit interesting here, why do I compare Alex Gracia to Candy so much, they both sound the same. They really, I mean, I, honestly, if Candy had a conversation with Alex Gracia, I guarantee you they'll both hit it off. I, I swear to God, they will both hit it off. Not just because they both sound the same, but they have a lot of shit in common. I think one of them 
which I'm about to bring up here, is I think and has everyone gone nuts? And and you'll see where I'm going with this. Has everyone gone completely insane? Now, the theme of this, okay, so Rich's Billiards, it's not often that I do a Rich's Billiards commercial at the start of the program, but I'm going to go ahead and start it anyway. So, it's so crazy. Okay, so they did the advertisement for for Candy's birthday, right? And and I see the advertisement and 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 lo and behold, what's the theme? Barbie. Okay? Now I know some people right away are going to look at me and say, "Do you have a problem with Barbie?" Here's the answer. The answer is yes. Now for Candy, it's fine. For Candy, it's fine because it fits her. She's a girl. She she kind of has a Barbie resemblance to her if she had tattoos in every way possible. But the thing that I find funny about that is it has become a... What's the word I'm looking for? It's become a stunning phenomenon, okay? You know, just a couple of months ago, we had Transformers. We had Rise of the Beast, okay? I was feeling better about that. That was good. Now, all of a sudden, everybody has gone Barbie crazy. You know how bad? You know how bad it was? Let me tell you about how bad. So I go to HB over here in Castores, right? Right here by my house. Now, I noticed, all right, by my bank, right? Because I have a bank inside of HEB, right? And I go to that bank from time to time whenever I need to deposit money or get money out, however it rolls, right? So I go there, and all of a sudden, I see this big box. And what does this big box say? You guessed it, Barbie, all right? It's an empty box, okay? An empty box of Barbie, and you just enter in there, and you know how that whole shit goes. Okay, now, apparently... I think that's exactly what's going to happen over at Rich's Billiards. Uh, so, and just kind of get the advertisement out of the way. Let me see if I can, because uh, no doubt, because I'm doing this podcast. Okay, let's see if we can find it here. It should appear before. Yes, there it is. <clears throat> My apologies. Okay, so this is the advertisement that I see in front of me. This Saturday night... Riches goes Barbie pink. Come on out and celebrate Candy's birthday. Bar and it includes Barbie themed drinks. Not a surprise. Live music. Oh dear God, why? Uh, DJ in the mix. That seems a little bit better. Barbie box included. No. What? Oh God, are you? I oh. I thought I read. I thought I read that wrong, but unfortunately, it says Barbie box included. Yes, there's gonna be a Barbie box involved at Richest Billiards. Selfie wall. What a surprise. Okay, so uh, now I, and once again, I, I, I'm not. Uh, and this this part has nothing to do with candy. And her birthday and everything else like that. Although I do encourage everybody to head over to Rich's Billiards and celebrate her birthday in every way possible. Uh, I, I know her theme is uh, Barbie and everything. That's cool. That's fine. That's how she rolls with it. However, uh, for someone like myself who... I'm, I'm not anti-Barbie. But when it's when it's gone too far, and, and I swear to God, it has gone too far. 
because of the fact that when ever since the the has the Barbie movie came out already? Has it came out already? Ever since the movie came out, everybody wants to go Barbie nuts. I, I swear to God, everybody wants to go Barbie nuts because of the empty box, because they want to come in and take selfies with a Barbie and everything. And it's like, you know, in my time, I remember Barbies were the hit, I think it was what, in the 70s and 80s and everything? It was the hit. And then there was, you know, they, they had all these different ones. They had uh, California Barbie, uh, Malibu Barbie, and, and, and all this. It's like my my first thought was, my God. This, I, mean, I mean, it was, it's not as bad as how it is now, okay? A long time ago, Barbies were the hit, you know? They're no better than the Transformers or G.I. Joe, but Barbies were the hit. Now, all of a sudden, ever since the movie came out, everybody wants to go Barbie crazy. I walk over to H-E-B to go to the bank. I see a Barbie box. It's like, oh, you've got to be kidding me. And then all of a sudden, I go over to, I think, what was it? It was uh, some, I think it was Buddy's Home Furnishing or something like that. I'm fixing to make a payment on my refrigerator, right? And I walk in, I see a Barbie box. It's like, oh, my God, are you fucking serious? Now, this keeps going. This gets interesting. I walk over. I, what what place was it? I think it was a loan place I went to. I walked over. I went to make a payment. And right next to me was a Barbie box. And I'm looking at that. I'm like, oh, my God. What the fuck is going on here? It's like you can't turn your head five seconds to not notice that there's a Barbie box somewhere in Corpus Christi. And trust me, there's more than one Barbie box out there. And I'm not talking about the actual box, you know, when you get the toy and it has the Barbie doll and all that stuff. I'm talking about a big human size, I say human size, human size Barbie box that you go in and you stay in there like you're some freaking toy. All right? Let me explain something here. You know, I'm glad that I grew up as a Transformers fanatic, all right? I'm a huge Transformer fan, all right? I like the Transformers now, okay? Rise of the Beast is the fucking shit, and I encourage everybody to watch the movie. But it seems it's so funny. Not only has this thing become... Not not the Transformers movie, but I'm talking about the, the Barbie thing. Not only has this become a a ridiculously phenomenal thing, but it's 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 everywhere. I, I can't recall how many times I've seen a progressive commercial and somehow Barbies are attached to this. Yes, Barbies are attached. To, and if it's not bad enough, if it's not bad enough, I have to watch something on Twitter or Instagram, right? And all of a sudden, or, tw- or Facebook, and all of a sudden, I would see something that has to deal with Barbie. Something. And if that is not enough, that's not enough, folks. The WWE superstars. The AEW stars. Wrestlers have decided that they want to go Barbie. I can understand the women. I can understand the women completely. We have a few Barbies of our own. Yes, one is Tiffany Stratton, 
perfect. Uh, the, under, the other would be Thena Hale. I would say Dana Brooke, but I wouldn't go too far. Point is, is that this Barbie thing is gone too far. It's gone crazy. Everyone's going Barbie crazy, okay? And and all I know is is that I'm hoping this nightmare will come to an end in August, okay? But I have this feeling that it's going to keep going for a while. I don't know how long, but it's going to be going on for a while. It's just I had to get I had to get that out simply because of the fact that you know Barbie's become such a huge thing, you know, and now everybody is starting to go completely nuts for it. But nonetheless, guys, big happy birthday goes out to uh, Candy Diamond. Uh, go over to Richard's Billiards as early as you can, guys, and be there to celebrate her birthday in every way possible. I'd love to be there for, you know, I'd love to be there for that and everything, but I'm going to be uh, at home taking care of some business and everything. Uh, there's going to be several events that are going to be happening. Uh, UFC 291 is happening tonight. I believe there's a boxing event that's going to be happening on Saturday night. And, of course, we've got NXT's Great American Bash, which we will be talking about later on on this episode of the Maybet Tongue Podcast. But, guys, get there as early as you can over at Rich's Billiards. Get there. Um, it's Candy's birthday. Have a shot with her on me and everything else like that. And have yourself a good time over there. And to Candy, have yourself a... And you know what? <clears throat> I'll do this. I'll I'll do this for this one time. Just this one time only. And Candy, if you listen to this podcast, if you listen to the very beginning of this podcast, this is for you. And I promise you, this will be the only time you'll ever hear this from me. You ready? You ready? Is everybody ready? Okay, here's how it rolls. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Candy. Happy birthday to you. Yeah. <laughs> Had add a little LA night to it. But big happy birthday to you, Candy. Have yourself a good time over Rich's Billiards. Don't get too drunk. Be safe. Be okay. And I encourage everybody to head over to Rich's Billiards and go wish Candy a happy birthday on this very special occasion today. It uh, should be phenomenal. Like I said, uh, I would love to be there, but I have to be home to check out some of the events that are going to be happening uh, tonight on a Saturday night. But get there as early as you can. Um, it's a whole Barbie theme. God, it's a whole Barbie theme happening over there, uh, complete with a Barbie box, uh, Barbie themed drinks. Uh, no doubt they'll all be pink and every way possible. No doubt candy will come out pink. I swear. I, I have the strange feeling, and this is just my thought. If candy comes out wearing pink hair, I swear my first thought will be, it's Alice Gracia behind the bar. Yeah. <laughs> But get there as early as you can, guys. I think the whole thing's supposed to start, what, at 8 o'clock? And then it continues on from there. There's going to be a DJ. There's going to be some live music involved. Get there as early as you can, guys. Um, I, bl I believe the show is free, so you can go over there. But as always, 
Uh, show your proper, uh, show your ID to Headbanger Corporate, its head of security, the A-Train himself, Don Pena. Make sure that you are old enough to walk into the bar, and if not, the A-Train will be forced to lay a hard punch on you and a bomb, and then he'll throw your ass out if you get cross out of line. Happy birthday, Candy. Have yourself a great birthday. Let's begin with the phenomenal, and you know what, um... Let's see, uh, there, there's one last thing we gotta do. Just one last thing. And I figured, it's Candy's birthday, and it's not often I do this, but I think we'll go ahead and, we usually play music here from time to time, right, on here. So I'm gonna go ahead and play something for Candy. Something that I know and she knows what it is. I've played it several times over at Rich's Billiards, and I know she's heard it many times, and let's say this song is an old school song and it does connect to the undertaker and oh, oh i swear to god and i'll say this because i can't if i see a pink undertaker i'll be like you gotta be kidding me a pink undertaker are you fucking kidding anyway anyways let's play some music we'll get to some wrestling and move on with our fucking live shall we all right partner Keep on rolling, baby. You know what time it is. Oh, 
in regards to this show all you gotta do is go over to my email address at the main event 1977 at gmail.com that's the main event 1977 at gmail.com and whatever question you have the main event will be glad to put it right here in the main event talk podcast and it could be any question that you want to ask that's the main event 1977 at gmail.com one more time the main event 1977 at gmail.com and you'll hear it right here on the main event talk podcast talk about this vince mcmahon is recovering from surgery according to a report from tmz the 77 year old had major surgery to correct an issue with his spine the specific nature of mcmahon's spinal issue is not clear but the surgery was ultimately deemed a success. There is no timetable for his recovery. Procedures believed to have lasted over four hours. Our own Dave Meltzer addressed McMahon's influence on recent WWE programming in the latest edition of The Observer. <clears throat> I still got that deep gunk. That's the worst. Pal. Meltzer noted that the recent string of nicknames used on air, such as Big Bronson Reed and Dirty Dom is a directive coming from the chairman himself. Dirty. It was confirmed all the alternative nicknames, alliterative, Dave wrote, were a directive from Vince. Apex. We, we really had to be told that? Of course well, it was. You know. It wasn't pushed nearly as hard on SmackDown. It looks like it was an idea he had, and he gave up on it afterwards. See, here's the thing. You think I mind Dirty Dom? I think it's great. Yes. But uh, what I do mind is when I have to hear it 85 times on a show. Well, if you want to give somebody a nickname, like, that's cool. But, dude, how many times? I got it. His nickname is Dirty Dom. You literally have to tell me, like, once or twice. Although, to be fair, you know, I've heard uh, the, the resident mean girl 888 times, and I still wrote the resident bad girl. Probably because <laughs> I zone it out because it's so stupid. But, anyway, he's given up on it. Thank God. But I hope they don't I mean, get rid of Big Bronson Reed. Well, he should be Big Bronson Reed. I mean, he it is. actually fits him. It's perfect. Same thing with Dirty Dom right now and this whole deal you got going on. It's just when they add in the, again, it's like Michael Cole screaming out Apex Predator or screaming out whatever. It's like, no, you know, it doesn't have to be that contrived. Yes, you beat it into your, you know, everybody's heads that that's, you know, what it is. That's who they are. So you get some sort of Pavlovian response out of it. But still, it's done way too much. So Vince is still making suggestions. Yeah. Yes. It's so is company. Paul. So are a lot of people. So is so is the USA Network. When they wanted that 24-7 title, or that stupid 24-7 title the USA yes. Network demanded, no one said they were writing the show. They made a suggestion. Because there's one guy writing the show right now, and it's Triple H. And he has TV. help. Yeah. He has help. He has uh, input from Minnie. You think, you think the bloodline is a Triple H storyline or a Vince storyline? It's not. It's a Paul storyline. Paul Heyman, yeah. yeah. 
Look, and Adam Pierce is there. It's not like he doesn't have any experience at all in the wrestling business. And you look at all the other minds they have, and no, they made, are they in the writer's room? No, they're not. But do they help shape things and, and design what you see on TV? Yes, they do. So, look, Vince McMahon is never not going to have a say in his fingers in that company. It's his company. He's Vince McMahon. We know what his M.O. is. We saw it. We saw him leave and then force his way back in and actually benefit from that even more with this deal with Endeavor. And we've already heard Ari Emanuel say, I'm never going to step in Vince's way. And we've seen what Dana's been able to get away with. And you see how he operates until the man is dead and even when that happens i'm still not sure he won't reach his hand out from the ground and try to have some sort of say in how that company's run he's always going to but as we've tried to tell everybody over time this is paul Heyman's. i'm sorry this is paul Levesque's show this is triple h's show with the other people kevin dunn paul Heyman, and everybody else that's involved in it i love these people that are like we don't need to call him Big Bronson Reed. We can see he's big. Okay, well, we shouldn't have called him Hulk Hogan because we can see he's a Hulk. Should have just called him Hogan and Boss Man. We don't need to call him Big Boss Man. He's obviously big. Chris Bundy instead of King Hogan. We'll just call him Bill Morrissey. That's going to get the guy over. The show? You know, they should call him his Big Ass Bill Morrissey. I've been advocating that one for a long time. He'd be twice as over if they called him Big Ass Bill Morrissey. Instead of Big Bill. But such is life. Co-sign that. It's pro wrestling, everybody. Crying out loud. Cartoon characters here. Let's see here. SummerSlam and AEW All In. Dave Meltzer provided updates in the Observer. SummerSlam, 45,971 tickets are out. They announced Roman Reigns, Jey Uso stipulations, and they moved a bunch of tickets. It is a virtual lock that it will be the most number of people watching in North America or any SummerSlam in history. Second largest attendance, largest gate for any non-WrestleMania show ever in the U.S. And uh, looks like they're targeting like a $7.3 million gate. Oof. Holy smokes. <laughs> now, uh, All In, also doing very well. $76,929. How many tickets are out? 70000 paid. So they need uh, 12000 paid, which is why I advocated get a card out as soon as humanly possible. I know you can wait. I know they have waited. I know they've still sold the tickets. I know they'll still sell a ton of pay-per-views if they announce the whole card in the last day. But it is an international show. And if Mike were on the fence right now, am I going to go or not? Well, he's got to get a flight. He's got to get a hotel. He's got to get all of that. And if he's going to make his decision based on what's going to be on the show, then if you wait another week or two, he ain't going. So the earlier you can get the card out for this show, the better. The there first are. thing I would need is the State Department to change their mind on some things. But after that, yeah, actually, you're right. We need at least one match that should have been hyped up at this point. And I guess, you know, we can shoehorn in this right now that Jamie Hayter, I guess, sounds like she is going to be missing all in, which is really disappointing. You still have big matches. You always have Mercedes Monet out there. You could always do something like Actually, that. Actually, we don't know that. Her foot. Uh, well, that's true, yeah. So let's just say Julia, then, in that case. You could try to bring in a, a big name, but you do have Tony Storm against Britt Baker is probably... 
going to be your 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 most important women's match on there now that Jamie Hader won't be. So it looks like the largest recorded attendance in history, aside from the New Japan shows in North Korea, which were not paid attendance, it is number five all time when it comes to attendance at actual paying shows. And the WrestleMania three mark is probably a week to ten days away from being broken. And with a month left, the 80,709 total looks like it's being broken. The actual all-time paid is certainly possible, but far from a sure thing. There are 10,896 tickets left. The potential looks to be 87,825. So let's see what happens. I just need something to do 93,176 people. Last night's episode of Dynamite, 898. This is third, This is Wednesday's show. Did we talk about this yesterday? We didn't. 898,000, down 6% from the previous week. 0.29 and 18 to 49, down 15%. And obviously, there was uh, the World Cup, Women's World Cup. Did a 1.20 in 18 to 49. Dynamite beat everything else on network television. They are down 8% year over year, 12%, 18 to 49 year over year. And uh, obviously it was going to be down after blood and guts, but uh, numbers are fine. 898, it's a good number, 0.29. I'm blown away by the Women's World Cup number. Not because it's, you know, women or anything like that, but like the Women's World Cup, one point, it just blows my mind for how small soccer is here on a professional level. It always blows me away of what these numbers are now when it comes to it. It's ridiculous. Figure skating would always be that thing, too, during the Olympics, where it would just blow my mind that people would go out of their way to the point that they do to make it such a big event. No, 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 everyone. Nobody said that Dom was, like, really good. He's fine. He's and he has fine. and he has had very good matches. Yes. The issue is saying that he is comically bad, which He's he is not. not. I see people every week that are comically bad. I watch them every single week. Dominic is not one of them. No. Is he Eddie Guerrero? Of course not. No. Might be someday. I don't know. Probably not. No, probably but, not. But uh, he's not now. But you know what? He's not comically bad. And you know what? He doesn't have to be Rey Mysterio Jr. either. He just has to be the best Dominic Mysterio he can be. He looks more comfortable now than he's ever been. You know, he now knows a, a lot more about psychology for sure than he ever probably has before because he's actually in the thick of things right now working. So, yeah, so I found out the news about uh, Vince McMahon having spinal surgery done on him. Uh, this was just, uh, I believe it was the other day. Um, I had uh, read through some stuff. Um, reports were coming in that Vince McMahon was have, undergoing spinal surgery. And um, the surgery was a success. Now, um, this is sort of the part where, uh, obviously, we, we wish uh, Vince McMahon a, a speeding recovery in every way possible. But this is one of those things where I'm hoping that this will delay Vince McMahon. And I mean delay Vince McMahon, as in keep him away from the show. Keep him away from everything. Now, as you heard right here from the Wrestling Observer, as they mentioned, they talked about how uh, Vince McMahon had uh, did a little bit of nickname changes, you know, to Dirty Dom, which I don't, I don't have a problem with Dirty Dom. I, I don't have a problem with Dominic being called Dirty Dom. I think that's, I think that's fine in every way possible. 
Big Bronson Reed. I don't have a problem with that either. I think um, it fits. It works out perfectly. But I don't want him to go too far. That's the whole point of it. So, you know, he, he made these small changes. I think that's what's going to happen. And I think, I don't know if Vince McMahon was thinking of something to change the show or change the names of the wrestlers in general. Bottom line is, if it happens, it happens. If it's, um, you know, if it's what he set out to do, then that's fine. But the only thing that hopefully at this point in time with Vince McMahon uh, having his spinal surgery done, surgery success, I'm hoping Vince McMahon will be out of the picture for a while. I'm hoping that he'll stay away from the company until he's fully recovered. But as history has shown... I, I think, uh, and sometimes I, I wonder if people will ever focus on this. I'm kind of hoping that Vince McMahon will stay the fuck away from SmackDown, Raw, and everything in general, and let Triple H try to run the show, run the course the way he sees fit. Just like that, you know? Because I don't see any reason why, I don't see any reason why Vince McMahon show up there at all, do you? I don't see any reason why he should show up at all to say the very least. You know what I'm saying? All right. <clears throat> so with that being said, uh, there's a lot of stuff we're going to talk about right here in the Main Event Talk podcast. So we're going to begin this a little bit early. Uh, and I know it's a bit early to start off with and we've got a lot we need to talk about. But let's get into and we're going to get into the one and only time unless I choose to do it next week. Let's get into the Summer Slam report. Well, guys, you just heard it right there. That is uh, a little bit of a, um, you know, I decided I was going to go with the the actual SummerSlam from like uh, back in 1990 or 1989 around that time and everything. But I decided, you know what, we need to go to with, with a different theme. We need to go with something that's going to, you know, intrigue fans and everything. And since SummerSlam is taking place over in Detroit, Michigan, we got to go with something crazy. Now, um, and I want to mention this right here. Just having a little drink right here. Um, I just wanted to mention that WWE's uh, or SummerSlam's theme for this year is Stephen Wolf's uh, Born to be Wild. Right now, I'll say this: all-time classic, all-time classic. One of the one of the greatest uh, one of the greatest theme songs of all time in every way possible. But I feel as a fan. As a wrestling fan, as much as I'd love for that song to be a part of SummerSlam, it needs to fit 
in a certain timeline. That's just my opinion. I think what they should have done, the WWE, if they're going to go with something about Detroit, if they're going to go with the Motor City, if they're going to go with something that deals with vehicles and all that other stuff, you got to go with something that's going to get people's attention. I, I, I figured that they would have gone with something like, I can't drive 55 from Sammy Hagar. I thought that would be the perfect theme for SummerSlam. Or how about this? How about this? And I think some people may agree upon this as well. I wanted them to do Metallica's Season 72 song. I, w- I wanted them to play that song. I-, I know it's not the greatest Metallica song ever, but it's good for the theme. It's good for it. But I think we'll probably use that theme for more of the two matches that we'll talk about in just a moment. Now, <clears throat> the SummerSlam report is here. You just heard the theme uh, right there for SummerSlam. So right now I'm just getting into my stuff. Okay, so we're going to check in and see what we have. Uh, SummerSlam, uh, we're one week away, believe it or not. One week away from SummerSlam. Isn't that fucking crazy, right? You know, and usually we, um, they've already announced several matches and everything. And I think we've talked about some of those matches here on the Main Event Talk podcast, but we're fixing to go ahead and get into SummerSlam completely. So let's roll with punches if we can so let me see if we can find there we go okay wwe SummerSlam about to take place live in detroit on saturday august 5th which is coming up next week we are looking forward to checking out that event several matches have already been added i believe we got a total of seven matches i think from what i understand so let's look into the entire a uh, whole thing that will take place here. So we... Oh, eight matches. Uh, oh, oh, that's right. I forgot. And this was just announced. Uh, WWE SummerSlam is going to have a SummerSlam Battle Royal names yet to be announced. Now, we know that in this one, there's definitely going to have, you know, several people involved from Raw and SmackDown. They're going to be a part of this SummerSlam Battle Royal, which is perfect. Which is perfect. And I think the winner should have an opportunity of a championship of their choosing or however it rolls. Now, no doubt that the one person that everyone wants to see in this battle royal, the one person that everybody wants to see win it is none other than <laughs> the megastar himself, L.A. Knight. Yeah! <laughs> he will probably be a part of it. I know Sheamus plans on being a part of it. As a matter of fact... This coming Saturday, or this coming Friday on SmackDown, LA Knight will go one-on-one against Sheamus, which will be a true test to his to his deal and everything. And I believe in many ways possible, when you think about it, LA Knight has become one of the hottest superstars going in all of WWE right now. And we know, and just go ahead and get this report out of the way, we know that Santos Escobar defeated Rey Mysterio. I believe Rey Mysterio had suffered an injury of some sort. We don't know if it's real or not. It's kind of hard to tell. But we know that Santos Escobar has an opportunity to go after the United States Championship, and it's going to happen on Friday night. And he's going to take on Austin Theory for the United States Championship, which will probably end up a point where we'll see Austin Theory walk away with the, walk away with the championship. And no doubt, 
No doubt LA Knight will have his sights set on the United States Championship. And we hope, all of us hope, that that happens real soon. But anyways, it is announced that SummerSlam Battle Royal will take place over at SummerSlam. We talked about that just a moment ago. This matchup was added. Ronda Rousey to go one-on-one against Shayna Baszler. As far as we know it right now, guys, it is just a singles match between the two competitors. And no doubt this will probably turn into something a bit different, more into something their style. And it may happen at SummerSlam. So my suggestion is, and this is something I think a lot of people will agree upon, I think that this match should be a fight pit match. I think it should. If the fight pit match is going to happen with the men involved, why not the women? Why not the women and get a special guest referee, but someone from the MMA world, someone that knows a little bit about the fight pit and everything else like that. Someone that knows everything about mixed martial arts and combat sports. So this should be perfect right here. Ronda Rousey to take on Shayna Baszler should be tremendous. This matchup right here is definitely going to steal the shirt for the for the show. For the Intercontinental Championship, Gunther to go one-on-one against Drew McIntyre. Gunther, who was already inching closer and closer to the honky-tonk man's longest reign as champion, he'll probably be able to beat it. And a lot of people are saying that Drew McIntyre should be the one to defeat Gunther. Well, the main event's not going to give you the full answers, but you will get those answers next week on the Main Event Talk podcast to know exactly who I think will win in this matchup. Gunther versus Drew McIntyre for the Intercontinental Championship. And this is going to be one hell of a show stealer as well right here. Ricochet to go one-on-one against Logan Paul. Now, we've all been a bit disappointed the fact that it's not Logan Paul against L.A. Knight. But at the same time, this will be the part where Logan Paul and Ricochet definitely need to get this matchup going. This feud pretty much started at the Royal Rumble. It escalated further into Money in the Bank. And now we're going to get these, this matchup to take place at SummerSlam. And how crazy is it that Logan Paul is going to be having a match at SummerSlam while his brother Jake Paul is going to go one-on-one against Nate Diaz in a boxing match. And that's going to be something totally awesome to look at in every way possible. Okay, uh, these matchups are going to happen, and this is in, in this order. Now, I don't think um, I don't think this will be the third match, but you'll see where this is going here. Uh, tribal combat for the undisputed WWE Universal Championship and recognition of the tribal chief Roman Reigns to go one on one against Jay Uso. Now, this past Friday night on SmackDown, Jay Uso. Uh, did defeat Grayson Waller until the interference from Solo Sokoa and Roman Reigns came involved. You'll hear a little bit about that in the wrestling news later on in this episode of the Main Event Talk podcast. But we know that Jey Uso and Roman Reigns will compete for the undisputed WWE Universal Championship. It should be an interesting matchup. A lot of things will go down. A lot of things will take place over here. Roman Reigns may have got one up on Jey Uso, but don't count Jey out for any reason whatsoever because we know that Jey will have something up his sleeve up against Roman Reigns for the championship over at SummerSlam. Cannot wait to check that out. Next matchup right here for the women's championship match. Triple threat match. Asuka to go one-on-one against... Asuka to be in a triple threat match against Charlotte Flair and Bianca Belair. Now, 
Bianca and Charlotte were tag team partners this past Friday night on SmackDown, and they defeated the team of Chelsea Green and Sonya Deville, who are the women's tag team champions. Oh, dear God, I cannot believe they're champions. But it is what it is. There's really nothing we can do about it. And there is some dissension, a little bit, between Bianca Belair and Charlotte Flair. And they're all competing to go after Asuka's WWE Women's Championship at SummerSlam. Who will come out victorious? You will find out next week on the Main Event Talk Podcast. You will know my answer to that one. This one, Finn Balor to go after Seth freaking Rollins for the World Heavyweight Championship. That's going to take place at SummerSlam. The Judgment Day has been on a tremendous roll as of late, covering the Money in the Bank, covering the Women's World Championship, covering the NXT North American Championship. And will Finn Balor be the man to dethrone Seth Rollins and take the World Heavyweight Championship and bring it over to the Judgment Day? You'll all have to find out next week on the Main Event Talk Podcast and also find out next week at SummerSlam as it goes down. And we're down to this one match right here. Now, this is a matchup that happened since Backlash, since Night of Champions, and now we have the third encounter to happen. Cody Rhodes to go one-on-one against the Beast Incarnate Brock Lesnar. At Backlash, Cody Rhodes sneaked a win over Brock Lesnar. At Night of Champions, Brock Lesnar had pretty much cheated and hurt his way to beat Cody Rhodes at Night of Champions. Now it all comes down to this third and final match. The big question that remains is, what stipulation will happen? Will it be just a regular match? Will it be a bull rope match? Will it be any type of match? Well, we'll all have to find out next week on the Main Event Talk podcast. And we'll also have to find out what's going to happen on Monday Night Raw because Cody Rhodes and Brock Lesnar are both going to be in the same building at the same time. So we're going to see exactly what's going to take place at SummerSlam. So there are eight matches set for SummerSlam. And I don't have a problem. This is just me thinking about this. I don't have a problem with them having at least two more matches. This is why. SummerSlam is the biggest party of the summer. And usually when it comes to an event like this, it's got to be a little bit like a WrestleMania. It's going to end up being a four a three, three and a half hour, maybe a four hour show. We're hoping that it'll take place at least around that time. So, uh, matches that have not been added yet. Uh, let's see. I think I heard about Raquel Rodriguez and um, Rhea Ripley going at it for the Women's World Championship. Trish Stratus to go one-on-one against um, Becky Lynch, which let's see here. The match is not even added. Because check this out. There's eight matches, right? Now, and just to go down the list here, Cody Rhodes versus Brock Lesnar, Seth Rollins versus Finn Balor, Asuka versus Charlotte versus Bianca Belair, that's three, Roman Reigns versus <clears throat> Jay Uso, that's four, Ricochet versus Logan Paul, that's five, Gunther versus Drew McIntyre, that's six, Ronda Rousey versus Shayna Baszler, that's seven, and then you got the SummerSlam Battle Royal, which is a total of eight matches. The matches that have not been added yet is... Becky Lynch going one-on-one against uh, Trish Stratus. Uh, Also, um, I think we also know that Raquel Rodriguez is supposed to take on Rhea Ripley. Now, think about this. There is about a total of two women's matches. And if they add two more women's matches, that'll be a total of four matches. 
four, uh, <coughs> I'm sorry, four women's matches that could take place at SummerSlam. So we're probably looking at 10 matches to be added. Now, the tag team titles were supposed to be on the line, but we know that Kevin Owens is suffering an injury right now, and uh, we're not sure if the injury requires surgery. There was talk about the tag team titles being defended at SummerSlam. I don't think that's going to happen. So uh, I don't have a problem with the titles not being on the line. Not that they shouldn't. Not that they shouldn't. I think they should, but they really do not know what they have to do with the tag team titles and everything. The only thing that I wish they would do is if there was some way for, number one, those titles to be split or to organize new tag team championships. Because, look, look, let's face it. Everybody knows that the undisputed tag team titles are with, you know, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. And like Roman Reigns, I think they should be given another championship. I think they should be given the undisputed WWE Tag Team Championships. I I think they need a new makeover, make it the WWE Tag Team Championships. While over in in SmackDown, you can have a... um, a world tag team champions over there just to, you know, um, just to solidify some tag team championship gold over on SmackDown, kind of make it even, even, but we'll see how this rolls. But other than that, those are the eight matches that are going to be announced. And the other two matches that may be added to SummerSlam may be announced on Monday and may be announced on Friday, but we'll have to find that out in the next few days. SummerSlam to take place live Saturday, August 5th, live on Peacock. You guys can check it out on pay-per-view as well. And we know that the main event is going to be looking forward to checking out the biggest party of the summer that will happen live Saturday, August 5th, all Peacock. Guys, that's the SummerSlam report. I am the main event player.
What's going on, guys? Farmer Torres here from the Main Event Talk Podcast. As you guys know, my favorite place of any place in Corpus Christi, Texas, has always been Richard's Billiards. And I love to go there to go drink some beer, shoot some pool, have myself a good time, and check out some live concert events that take place at this very historic place. The Main Event's been coming there for well over 20 years, and I am still going to go even until I die, whichever comes first. But anyways, if you come over to the Corpus Christi area and if you want to check out Richard's Billiards for yourself, all you got to do is come over to Rich's Billiards here in Corpus Christi, Texas at 5815 Weber, right here in Corpus Christi, Texas on Weber, and I believe it's McCardle, if I'm not mistaken. Holly, I'm sorry. Holly, my apologies, okay? Weber and Holly, it'll be right next to the old H-E-B, right next to Easy Pond, right next to everything else like that, and that particular nature. Go to Rich's Billiards, have yourself a beer, have yourself a shot, jam out to some music, hang out with some local friends, and check out some of the local acts that take place over at Rich's Billiards Inn. If you want to check out some great food, all you got to do is go over to the very back at Rich's Billiards and check out Pinkies, and they have some tremendous food. Not only some hot dogs and pizza and all that good stuff, but they have some of the most extraordinary food that you will ever get a chance to try out. Go to Pinkies, it'll be right at the very back, right close by where the restrooms are and everything else like that at Rich's Billiards. So, if you guys got nothing to do on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, or Sunday, Head over to Rich's Billiards, drink some beer, shoot some pool, hang out with your friends, jam out some music, check out some great food. I guarantee you when you walk into that place, you will never want to go to any other place at all. Rich's Billiards, 5815 Weber, not your average heroes. The legend continues, 20 years of hell, and, and I forgot the line. The bar among bars and the billiards among billiards. That's what it is. New name, same place, and the whole nine yards. I'm the main event player, the Super C Kid, and I approve this message. And this episode is also sponsored by my good friends at the Tony Gomez Show. Jam out to their stuff and jam out right here to the main event talk podcast. Thank you very much. Britt Baker versus Taya Valkyrie. I just want to point out that Taz, whose whole gimmick for like three decades now, two and a half, is that he's pissed at the entire world. He notes that Taya Valkyrie was trained by Lance Storm. And Lance is so nice that even Taz calls him my old buddy Lance Storm. <laughs> of course. That made me laugh. So the first portion of this match was quite bad. They're just out there doing some stuff. No one cares at all. And then Taya hooks her for a road to Valhalla. And I'm assuming Britt was supposed to counter it or something, because there's no reason to hit this finish in the middle of the match. But whatever was supposed to happen is not what happened. What happened is they both just fell down. Was it supposed to be the road to Valhalla she was setting her up for? She was setting her up for it. It was some wheelbarrow spot. Regardless, Britt just falls in her face. Taya just falls in her ass. They royally fucked this whole thing up. And if you look at Taya's face, Taya is well aware they have royally fucked this whole thing up, and it's just a complete disaster. At that moment, they went to break, and to their credit, they worked their ass off, and they took a crowd that was not into this match, and then it started to fall apart, and they just stood toe-to-toe and started wailing on each other, which no one on the show had done before, which is another reason every show on your card should, or every match on your show should be different. Every match on your card should be different, and so they all work better that way. 
So the crowd finally gets into this, and because they got into it for the brawling, then they got into it for the big moves at the end. Britt tries the Road to Valhalla again, but it's countered into the lockjaw, and Taya immediately taps out. Like, she tapped out so quickly, I wasn't even sure the hold actually got put on. But I rewound it, and she, it did very, very briefly. And in the end, they get, like, a huge ovation. The ultimate yes. sign of a good match is when the people are not into it when it starts, and they love it by the end. And then, some cameraman or director made the regrettable decision to zoom in on a sign reading, Book the Women's Division Better. Yeah. That's not a choice I would have made. Well, you know, it's been a topic of conversation for the last couple of weeks now. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, now they have a microscope on them. And so you have a match here, and yeah, it was not good early at all. And so, you know, go on the internet today, and everyone's making fun of both of them, and showing that spot, and blah, 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 blah. And it's like, you know, it did turn into a good match. They did get the crowd after the break. Like, that's the whole point of this business. Yeah, shit's not always going to go right. It went very wrong in this match. But you hold it together, and you get back on the same page, and you get the crowd from not caring to caring a lot when it's over. And I thought that by the end, I thought they did a very good job at the end getting on the same page and making everything work. And I don't think that they deserved the criticism they got all over the Internet today. But, you know, it's funny. Someone mentioned, they go... You know, these people want women's wrestling so badly, but man, do they bury it when they get it. It's like, you know, you're right. Maybe, maybe everyone should stop listening to the fucking internet. Would probably be the, the best course of action. And, uh, you know, you got women. Put them on the show. Mm-hmm. You know, you write stories for all the men. Write yeah. some for the women. Exactly. Doesn't have to be all the women. No. But you can have a, a, a storyline. Pick the three or four you want to highlight. Going on to the next pay-per-view give and them, do it. Give them something to work with. That's it. Yeah. it. It should not be this complicated. And you know what? This is, a, this is a horrible analogy, but I'll give it to you anyway. Never stopped you before. Yes. Everyone's like, well, yeah, but the, the, the wrestling. Dude, it ain't about the wrestling. Okay? I realize that the AW audience has a, uh, an expectation to see great matches. But at the end of the day, it's professional wrestling. And if you get a great story... You know, you know what's a great story? The hottest story in AEW is MJF and Adam Cole, okay? Mm-hmm. Are they out there doing, like, a bunch of crazy shit? No. The opposite. They're, they're doing, like, a, a Black Label Pro match in the middle of the Midwest. And that's not a disrespect to Black Label Pro, but, like, what they're doing, yeah. that's kind of match I did there. But anyway, it's over. The story is over. And probably, arguably... The greatest story in the history of professional wrestling was Austin versus McMahon. And those two fuckers didn't have one good match together. No, they're all... Not one. <laughs> to this day. Every single they, fucking one they, they was tried to get an atrocity. Last year. And uh, <laughs> it still worked because of the story. So do the stories. Do the matches. It's fine. Like, I don't know what the big deal is here. Let's see. Uh, for Rampage, a couple of hype videos. Nyla Rose and wrestling Hikaru Shida, where Nyla wants to uh, destroy Shida. She wants to beat Nyla to get her out of the way so she can get that title shot against Tony Storm. And then they're doing a tag team battle royal for a title shot. So we get Jay Lethal and the crew, and Prince Nana and his crew, and Ethan Page and Brother Zay and the Hardy Boys all going to win this battle royal. The winner of that gets a title shot against uh, the winner of the FTR versus Colin MGF match. And that's all fine and dandy. It is. Whatever. <laughs> we just had a battle royal a week ago, 
And none of these teams are like, there's no really rankings anymore, but they're not highly ranked teams. There's just some rando teams going to get a tag title match. Yeah. And then we got a main event with three main event teams. A team wins. <laughs> and this is setting up a three-way singles match. That's what we'll, get, we'll get to the main event. What? We'll get to, well, not only that, I would like to add that one of the teams in action is a Rampage or Collision, whichever, but they advertise the kingdom in action, Matt Taven and uh, Michael Bennett, but they're not in the Battle Royal. No. So they can't get a title shot. No, they they're, can't. They're an established team, way more than, for example, Ethan Page and Brother Zay. That's true. That confused me. Uh, video hyped me up the Andrade versus uh, uh, Buddy Matthews ladder match. And then the main event... Which, as you know, the three teams, the best friends versus the Lucha Brothers versus Moxley and Castagnoli. It was a party match. Guys are flying everywhere. Guys are uh, diving off the apron. Guys are diving off the stage. Guys are doing parade of finishers. Uh, Claudio was posed to finish somebody with something when Orange Cassidy's music hit. And, in fact, Orange Cassidy comes out. He lays out Wheeler Yuta with the orange punch. He's going after John Moxley. Trent hits his sit-out or sitting, sit-down pile driver thing, the over-the-back pile driver dealie, and he's got the pin. And the referee says, no, that man's not legal. Come on. <laughs> I'm not sure there was a tag in this you match. You gotta follow the rules, brother. Uh, like, no one, no you gotta one, follow the rules. Nobody cared in this particular match who was legal. Shortly thereafter... The goddamn ref did. Yeah, shortly thereafter, Penta pins Trent with a fear factor. So there you go. The Lucha Brothers have won this three-way. What does any of this set up? By the way, Shivani does this an upset when the Lucha Brothers are the only team here that has actually been the world champions. So I disagree with that. So the best friends are brawling with a Blackpool Combat Club. And I'm thinking, okay, so if that's the next feud, then why didn't Trent pin Claudio here in this match to build to that feud? What is the point of the Lucha Brothers winning? And suddenly the Lucha Brothers are brawling with everyone. And then they announce Mox versus Trent versus Penta. Frantically, they announce this for next week, and the show goes off the air. I got no idea what's going on. <laughs> I know! It's July 27th. All Out is August 27th. We're exactly one month away. Yes. We know nothing. <laughs> we know nothing for that show. Uh, I, I, I don't know what's going on with this this main event feud. I don't know what's going on with the tag team title scene after, after Saturday. It's a mystery. This was a very strange show. And it seemed to... Except for the, like, the AR Fox stuff, which is a good story. A rushed story, but at least I could make sense of it all. Uh, a, a lot of st just stuff happening just to have stuff happen. You know, people are going to bring up, and it's true, that many times we don't have a card until just a couple of weeks before the show. And everything ends up all right. That's true, okay? That doesn't mean that you can't announce it earlier and try to do better. Okay, number one. And the other thing, and this is the big thing to me. What do they got out right now? I think I, I think I saw it today. I think Russell ticks had it up. Let me see how many tickets they've got sold. They're doing very well. Yeah, of course they are. Mm -hmm. They're doing they're doing fantastic. All right. Uh, announced today by Russell Ticks, they have seventy six thousand nine hundred and twenty nine tickets out. Okay. Now the all time paid record for professional wrestling. I believe is 81 or 82 for that AT&T uh, WrestleMania. So they're within 6,000 tickets breaking the all-time record. I'd had a fucking full, hot-ass card announced yesterday 
and I would pump the shit out of that card for four weeks to try to get those last 6,000 fans. Because, yeah, you can announce it uh, two weeks in advance or whatever, but I want 82,000 fucking fans in this building. And if you've got to 76, 929, you're slowing down. It's a trickle now. So how do you open up them floodgates? You got to have a big fucking card. And, uh, and we don't have anything yet. So that's why I realize it's going to do fine. I realize they've sold 76,000 tickets. I realize it's going to do great on pay-per-view. It can do better. You want to break 82? I need a card. Fast. Get those people. Like, let's say, let's say, forget UK. Let's say I'm on the fence right now. Should I go or not? Well, fuck, I got to buy a ticket. I got to get a hotel. I got to do all that shit. You want me to wait till two weeks before? I don't have a jet. I got to do what everybody else does and go on orbits. So the earlier you can give me a card, the better. So I can make my plans to go. So anyway, let's get a card going. Well, that was uh, Dynamite. And then yes, what? Leonard. They did 70,000 without announcing a single match. You're right. And now they're at 76. We got six or 8,000 more that we need. So now it's time to announce some matches. Where are they? We're not here yet. Okay, so I decided to get a little, uh, get a little bit comfortable with this one. Okay, so several things are going to be happening as far as AEW goes. We know that collision is going to be happening later on tonight. The finals of the blind man tournament, whatever the hell that is. Adam Cole and MJF to go one-on-one. I'm sorry. Adam Cole and MJF to take on FTR for the AEW World Tag Team titles. Going to be curious about how this is going to go. Several matches have already been announced for Collision, which we're all going to be looking forward to checking out. But keep in mind, a lot of things are going to be happening, including the boxing, UFC, and several other events are going to be happening on that same night. Now, a couple things we need to talk about as far as AEW goes. Number one, there has not been a match set for All In. Okay? Now, we'll get to that in a moment. Now, there's going to be a 200th episode, a 200th, count it, 200th episode of Dynamite. That's going to happen on Wednesday. We know that the AEW Women's World Championship will be on the line. Tony Storm will defend her championship against Hikaru Shira. Can't wait to check that out. And listen, and don't get me started on the whole... Uh, the women's division needs to be booked better in AEW. I think a lot of us have known that for a long time. And honestly, I'm not going to waste my breath on it. I'm not because I've talked about it several times on my show. I've mentioned it several times before. There's a lot of things I would like to do with that women's division. Okay? But it is what it is, and there's really nothing you can do about it at this point. Really nothing you can do about it. Okay. There's a 200th anniversary show, 200th episode to be exact, uh, some that involve a triple threat match, women's championship match, uh, several other things that have been announced that 
really doesn't mean a damn thing, but we know it's going to take place this coming Wednesday, AEW's 200th episode of Dynamite. Right? That's going to happen. Collision is going to be tonight. Rampage uh, took place just last night, right? Several things, including the... the uh, by the way, they just mentioned the kingdom, right? They mentioned the team of the kingdom. How is it that you have an established team, an established team like the kingdom, and you cannot put them in the same conversation as FTR, the Young Bucks, or uh, Bullet Club go, why do you not have these guys in this conversation? They're a great tag team. They're former Ring of Honor, what, they're three, four-time Ring of Honor World Tag Team Champions. They're one of the best teams going today, you know? And you don't want, and, and they didn't even put them in that whole uh, tag team battle royal that happened on, on Rampage this past Friday. So I'm just like, Psh. Whatever, who cares? You know, it's just stupid. And you know what else is stupid? Orange Cassidy, as an agent. You want me to say that one more time? Orange Cassidy. I'm sorry, let me say it one more time. Orange Cassidy is an agent for AEW, right? And also... Uh, there was also something else that was revealed that Bret Hart, who was supposed to, who was offered a job to go over there, but he wanted to be there as an agent. He did not want to be there as a manager, which I find that funny because you got Jake the Snake Roberts, you got Tully Blanchard, you have all these individuals who should be road agents and not looked at as managers or, or anything else like that, that particular nature. It's ridiculous. But yet you got these guys, you know, Jake the Snake, Arn Anderson, Tully Blanchard, others that are considered managers. And you want to put the greatest of all time, Bret Hart, in a managerial role instead of having him be your agent to school all of these guys? Oh, God, are you fucking serious? That's how much respect you have for these individuals? These legends, give me a fucking break. It's ridiculous. You know, you know what's even ridiculous? All in, right? You got almost 75,000 tickets, right? They, they want to, what, what am I hearing? They want to beat the, the, the SummerSlam record or they want to beat the WrestleMania record. I don't, you know what? I have no doubt you'll beat the attendance record. I have no doubt that you'll beat the attendance record. Here's the problem. You don't have anything yet. You really don't. Just think about it for a moment. We are one month away from AEW's All In and no one has anything to deliver. No one. Nothing on the Young Bucks. Nothing on Kenny Omega. Nothing on CM Punk. And nothing on anybody else, or the AEW World Championship, or the tag team titles, or the women's division, yada, 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 blah, blah, blah. And here's what's even stupider. August 27th is all in, right? Then, check this out. Then, about a week after that, we'll be all out in September. How nuts is that? 
and and by the way, I'm gonna let everybody in on this because I'm actually gonna take advantage of this, and I figured, fuck it, I'm gonna go ahead and do it. On the week of All In and All Out, I'm going to be in between those in between those days. I'm gonna actually be off throughout that entire week. Now, check this out before we we keep talking about AEW. So I'm gonna have I'm gonna be off on the 28th, right? I'm going to be off on the 28th all the way down to September 1st, right? That's five days right there off. Now, when you count the all-in and then Saturday, those two days right there, you got five days plus two more days. That's seven days that I'm going to be off. And plus the Saturday and Sunday, and Sunday will be, of course, uh, all out. That's uh, eight, nine, nine days. Then on Monday, you got Labor Day, which is 10. And then Tuesday will be 11. Uh, Tuesday will be the 6th, I think, or 5th or whatever. That's a total of, let's see, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. 11 days. 11 days I'm going to be out of, out of work. I'm going to be on vacation on the week of all in and all out. In that time. It's going to be perfect. So I'll be grateful for what it is. Can't wait. Now, like I said before, nothing has been stated. Nothing has been said for All Out or All In, I'm sorry, at Wembley Stadium. What do they hope to accomplish? What do they really hope to accomplish? Other than the fact that you have no matches. And and yes, I understand that it's only one month away. But you have no matches set. Nothing's been prepared, and all anyone can think about is the 200th episode of Dynamite and Collision coming up and Dynamite coming up and all this other stuff. You can't put one match together for all in when you get to it. And plus, what's even even crazier is that you got all out coming up afterwards. Ridiculous, right? Absolutely ridiculous. You know what's funny? All Out will probably sell out. It probably will. But here's the thing I, I, I think I'll find funny. You know what it is, guys? You want to know what it is? Let me tell you what it is. Wembley Stadium. It will be sold out. AEW will deliver that. But when the actual pay-per-view takes place before your eyes. Oh. <laughs> I know some people will be some people are probably thinking this in their head. Oh yeah, they're gonna sell out that place and they're gonna do fucking good. No, they won't. No, they won't. Because let me tell you something. At a time when you and re, when wrestling was good, in nineteen ninety-two. On August 27th, to be exact. You had the British Bulldog going one-on-one against Brett Dateman Hart for the Intercontinental Championship, right? At Wembley Stadium. One of the biggest crowd reactions I've ever seen. Hogan versus the Warrior. I'm I'm sorry. Um, Macho Man versus the Ultimate Warrior for the WWE Championship. The Legion of Doom coming down the aisle. Shawn Michaels taking on the model Rick Martel. 
The Undertaker making his appearance against Kamala. All of these great legends that paved the way for what took place at Wembley Stadium almost about 20, what, years ago? 20, 30 years ago? And now you expect me to believe that All In will do just as good as SummerSlam of 1992. You're out of your fucking mind if you believe that. You are out of your freaking mind if you believe that. I don't see it. I don't think it'll happen. I seriously doubt it'll happen, but we shall see. I am saying that it'll it'll sell out. It'll sell out. It'll beat the record, right? But unfortunately, it's not going to produce anything good. It really isn't. So don't get your hopes up on that, whatever you do, okay? You know, they got to they gotta come up with something for All Out. They got to come up with something for All In. They got to come up with something because we're getting closer and closer. July is about to end, and we're about to enter August. And these guys have not got enough of, of a time frame to set up a match, but we're, I, I guess, I bet you anything, they'll probably set up the first match that will happen at the at the uh, 200th anniversary on pay-per-view. You'll almost see that coming. Yeah. You'll almost see that coming. Okay. I think that's enough. We, we've talked a little bit about AEW for a while. There's a lot more we got to talk about and everything. Before we get to, let's see, obviously we got to talk a little bit more about wrestling and everything. Let's get into the wrestling news Happening right now with Mike Sempervini, and I'm going to try to compose myself as much as I can. Mike Sempervini of the Wrestling Observer uh, of the Wrestling Observer Podcast, and also of the Arcadian Vanguard Podcast Network. Are um, Mike Sempervini? Go ahead and take it away, my brother. Arcadian Vanguard presents the Wrestling News in your daily wrestling newscast for Saturday, July 29th, 2023. Good morning, I'm Mike Sempervivi. We begin today with last night's edition of WWE SmackDown broadcast live on Fox from the Smoothie King Center in New Orleans. In the closing segment of the show, Jay Uso was blindsided by both Solo Sokoa and WWE Universal Champion Roman Reigns who laid Uso out following his victory over Grayson Waller in the main event. Uso is scheduled to challenge Reigns for the Universal title next weekend at SummerSlam. In a non-title match, Bianca Belair and Charlotte Flair joined forces to defeat WWE Women's Tag Team Champions Sonya Deville and Chelsea Green when Flair pinned Deville. In the finals of the United States Championship number 1 Contender Invitational, Santos Escobar beat Rey Mysterio via referee stoppage. We have a developing situation here on Friday Night SmackDown. 
right before the commercial break, Rey Mysterio suffered some sort of injury. Not sure if he got his bell rung or what happened. Obviously, safety of athletes is always paramount here in WWE. The match was stopped by medical after Escobar dove through the ropes, delivering a suicide dive onto Mysterio, who fell and hit the back of his head on the floor. The win earns Escobar a shot at U.S. champion Austin Theory. In other results, L.A. Knight defeated Ashante the Adonis of Hit Row, and Karrion Cross beat Carl Anderson of the O.C. CMLL ran their weekly Friday night show in their home building of Arena Mexico, which was streamed through Boletia. The main event featured the finals of the Leyenda de Plata tournament, which saw Mascara Dorada 2.0 come out victorious by pinning CMLL historic welterweight champion Rocky Romero following his shooting star press. Translated to Silver Legend, the Leyenda de Plata tournament began in 1998 to honor the legacy of Lucha Libre legend El Santo and is one of CMLL's preeminent tournaments. In the show's semi-main event, Titan defeated Metallique. In a Relevos Increíbles match, the team of Averno, Templario, and Volador Jr. defeated Angel Dioro, Dragon Rojo Jr., and Ultimo Guerrero by disqualification when Volador faked being hit with a low blow by Angel Dioro. In trios matches, Hijo del Viano 3, Viano 3, and Zondacan Jr. defeated Magia Blanca, Magnus, and Regido. Concerbero, Luciferno, and Virus defeated Blue Panther Jr., Cachorro, and Dark Panther. And in the opener, Astral, Oro Jr., and Valiente Jr. defeated Apocalypsis, El Cholo, and Disturbio. All Elite Wrestling presented a rampage last night on TNT featuring matches taped last Wednesday at the MVP Arena in Albany, New York. In the main event, Hikaru Shida pinned Nyla Rose. Nyla! The roll-up! Shida fighting to roll those shoulders up off the mat, but Nyla hoists her up. Look at the face! The opener saw the team of Big Bill and Brian Cage emerge victorious in a tag team battle royal, last eliminating the Butcher and the Blade. Also on the card, Commander pinned Kip Sabian. In more WWE news, Vince McMahon underwent major surgery on his spine last week, according to a report yesterday from TMZ Sports. The four-hour operation was reportedly a success, and McMahon, 77 years old, is currently still recovering from the procedure. The full nature of the spinal issue has not been made public, nor what effect, if any, it may have on McMahon's duties as WWE Executive Chairman. And in Impact News, Impact Slammiversary pay-per-view last July 15th did 4,000 buys, according to a report in the Wrestling Observer Newsletter. That's an increase of 250% from last year's Slammiversary, which drew 1,300 pay-per-view buys. The report noted that this was one of Impact's highest buy rates since Kenny Omega was Impact World Champion in 2021. And before we leave you today, we'd like to remind you that however you consume your content, you can find the wrestling news 24 hours a day and seven days a week across social media.
On Twitter, follow us at Wrestling News AV. Our Facebook page is also Wrestling News AV. The Wrestling News can also be found on the Arcadian Vanguard YouTube page. And for those who utilize Amazon Echo devices, just tell Alexa to play the Wrestling News podcast. And remember to make sure you add podcast at the end. Once again, for daily updates, breaking news, and more, follow the Wrestling News across social media. And that's the news for today. If anything happens, we will be here to tell you about it. No clickbait, no paywall, just the wrestling news. The Wrestling News is a division of Arcadian Vanguard, and the Wrestling Newscast is a production of the Arcadian Vanguard Podcast Network. This is the AEW Control Center, and this is Tony Schiavone. AEW Collision takes the air tonight live on TNT at 8, 7 central. Tonight's event comes to you from the XL Center in Hartford, Connecticut. We look forward to a big night of AEW wrestling in our first time in Hartford. If you're making plans to come to the event tonight live, come early. Bell time is 7.30 at the XL Center, and tickets available at AEWTIX.com and Ticketmaster.com. On the card tonight, the much-anticipated match for the AEW World Tag Team title. As FTR, Dax and Cash will defend against the winners of the Blind Eliminator Tag Team Tournament, MJF and Adam Cole. The two teams had a face-to-face -face confrontation last week and both had something to say to Renee Paquette afterwards. MJF, Adam Cole, congratulations. You guys just won the Blind Eliminator Tag Team Tournament. You will now be facing FTR July 29th on Collision for the AEW World Tag Team Championships. How do you guys feel right now? Renee, I'll take it from here. FTR, I liked you boys a whole lot better when you were my lackeys. To be honest, that was the pinnacle of your careers. Cash. Rocking a mullet in 2023? Very brave. Talking business in the front, party in the back, my friend. Every time you make eye contact with a woman, all they want to do is yak. Dax, I am so sick of your Mr. Clean, Yosemite Sam looking ass, standing in front of this camera with this microphone saying the same stuff over and over and over again. I love my wife, I love my baby daughter, I love this business, no flips, just fists. Yeah? Yeah? Well, here's what's going to happen, Dax. I'm going to take my fist on July 29th, CT, collision, and I'm going to punch you so hard in the face, you're going to have no choice but to spit out CM Punk's jockstrap. Because we are winning those AEW World Tag Team Championships because there's only three initials in this sport that matter. It ain't FTR, it's MJF because we're better than you. Baby. And you know what, truth be told, Max, I actually want to talk to you a little bit. Uh, because obviously when this tournament started, it was all about winning gold. Yeah, becoming a champion here in AEW. But if I'm going to be totally, completely honest, it's become about friendship for me. Never in a million years did I think that we would be friends. Never in a million years did I think I would enjoy this so much, but I have. And Max, I want to make this very clear because otherwise I won't sleep tonight. You have nothing to worry about when it comes to the AEW World Championship. I, I was just giving it to you. But what you've given to me, your friendship, means the world to me. Because Max, you're not just my friend, not just a close friend. Max, you're becoming one of my best friends. I really mean that. Um, 
You know, I've been thinking long and hard, Cole, and uh, win, lose, or draw, after July 29th on Collision, I want you to know I'm going to give you a rematch for the AEW World Championship because I know how much it means to you. Are you serious? I, are you no, serious no, 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 you're going to no. give me a I saw the look in your eyes, no, Max, please, just for a second, give us a second. Please. I'll right. be right there. All right. I'll be right there. You want to use your friend? You gotta be kidding me, this guy. Right? Look, you you guys the corniest person. You've gotta be kidding me. I love you. Right. I love you like a brother. I will do anything for you. But you are acting insane. You're acting crazy. You're, you're acting possessive. What you're doing is you're pushing me away. I have other friends, Roddy. I do. And you need to trust me if you want to be mine, okay? I'm going to go talk to Max. Hey! Boundaries! You're making a big mistake, dude. Here with FTR, guys, we now know that you're going to be facing the team of MJF and Adam Cole on Collision July 29th with your AEW World Tag Team Championships on the line. How do you guys feel knowing that that's the team you guys are going to be facing that uh, for your coveted titles. Uh, I'll be honest with you, Renee. I'm actually excited about it, but part of me feels bad because Adam Cole is getting dragged into this. And Adam, if you watch this, know that I like you, know that I respect you, know that I think you are one of the best in the world, but know that I hate Maxwell Jacob Friedman. Know that I know that MJF is a terrible human being. He calls himself a generational talent. Max, you are a generational ass kisser. And we are generational ass kickers. We've been with you through the pinnacle. We've watched how you are backstage. Everybody that's ever been with you, including, including your fiance, when they got to know you, they left you. So what does that say about you, Max? So Adam, I'm sorry, I respect you, but Hartford, July 29th, we have to make sure that you guys learn and that Maxwell, that you know, you never mess with FTR. And Adam, yeah, you know, I, I like you too. You're all right kind of guy, but you got one win over uh, Dax Harwood, and that don't sit well with me, and I'm not going to let it be two, okay? It ain't going to be 2-0 Adam Cole, and I could yell and scream about you, Max. I could yell and scream all day about you, but I'm not going to, okay? I'm not going to get all gimmicked up like you do, okay? Because this is real life to me. You know, I'm sure uh, I'm sure you made fun of my accent, and I understand that. That's probably pretty funny to you. I watched your match, too. I watched your match tonight, man, and I saw the little dance routine you did. That was funny, too. I think it's hilarious that you're making a mockery out of tag team wrestling. I think it's hilarious that you're making a mockery out of the AEW World Tag Team Championships. But Saturday night, July 29th, Hartford, Connecticut, collision. Mm -mm. It ain't gonna be no dance routine, all right? It ain't gonna be no, uh, no fun and games. We're not gonna make a mockery of professional wrestling. We're gonna have a fight, all right? And if I, if I tell you right now, if I said to you right now, Adam, I'm sorry you are dragged into this, but if I said right now to you I'm going to beat your ass, that's an understatement, Max. I'm going to beat the out of you, Max, okay? I shouldn't have said that. My little girl's watching at home, and I dare you, Max. And if you said something about my wife and my daughter, I'll rip your eyeballs out. This is for the AEW World Tag Team Championships. Yes, this is how I feed my family. Yes, I love this business, Max. And if I got to beat you July 29th, if we got to beat you July 29th, that's what we'll do. Sorry, Adam. Top guys, out. Despite MJF and Adam Cole seemingly getting along just fine, even using the moniker better than you, baby, they will have to be on top of their game to dethrone the greatest tag team in the world. 
Jackson Cash FDR. Also tonight, live on Collision, a ladder match between Andrade Oigolo and Buddy Matthews of the House of Black. And for this match, tonight, Malachi Black and Brody King are barred from ringside. According to Andrade Oigolo, the mask has special meaning for him, his culture, his heritage, and his country. But the mask has been in the possession of the House of Black for a while. This has been another sick game by that enigma known as Malachi Black, along with his followers. Andrade, you failed to see the big picture. But if you really want your mask back, then you're going to have to scale a ladder to hell to retrieve it. But if I retrieve it before you, then you'll be forced to watch as I burn it right in front of you. Your legacy, your heritage, everything that you stand for. Another match has been signed for AEW Collision tonight. In trios competition, the team of Action Andretti, Darius Martin, and El Hijo Del Vecchino will meet members of Bullet Club Gold, Juice Robinson, and the Guns, Austin and Colton. In the women's division, it'll be Kara Hogan, one-on-one -on -one against former ROH Women's Champion, Mercedes Martinez. In singles action, it will be Samoa Joe against the Luchador Gravity. We will hear from CM Punk Live. These matches and many other tonight as AEW Collision comes your way live on TNT from the legendary XL Center in downtown Hartford, Connecticut. Tickets available at AEWTIX.com and Ticketmaster.com. Come early tonight, bell time at the XL Center, 7.30, stay after Collision for some great Ring of Honor action. This coming Wednesday, we celebrate the 200th broadcast of AEW Dynamite. It all began in October of 2019 in Washington, D.C. And this Wednesday, the 200th edition will originate from the Yingling Center in Tampa. Join us live on TBS this Wednesday for Dynamite at 8, 7 Central or in Tampa by picking up your tickets at AEWTIX.com or Ticketmaster.com. In one week, that's next Saturday, August 5th, AEW makes its debut in Greenville, South Carolina at the Bon Secours Wellness Arena with a loaded action-packed card of AEW Collision. Tickets for Greenville, South Carolina are available at AEWTIX.com and Ticketmaster.com as well. Tickets became first available yesterday morning for AEW Grand Slam returning to Arthur Ashe Stadium in New York City on Wednesday, September 20th. But you still have a chance to join us as their tradition continues. Grab your tickets right now at AEWTIX.com and Ticketmaster.com. AEW Fight Forever, the long-awaited video game, is now available on all platforms. The game features more than 10 gameplay modes, plus has a wide range of customization options. AEW Fight Forever, now available for PlayStation, Xbox, Nintendo Switch, and PC. But tonight, we bring you AEW Collision Live from Hartford, Connecticut, and the XL Center. We take the air live on TNT tonight at 8, 7 Central. For our fans coming to the event tonight live at Hartford, you can pick up your tickets at AEWTIX.com or Ticketmaster.com. This is Tony Schiavone at the AEW Control Center. I'll see you tonight ringside in Hartford and through the lens of TNT. We are AEW.
to this show, all you got to do is go over to my email address at themainevent1977 at gmail.com. That's themainevent1977 at gmail.com. And whatever question you have, the main event will be glad to put it right here on the Main Event Talk podcast. And it could be any question that you want to ask. That's themainevent1977 at gmail.com. One more time. The main event, 1977 at gmail.com, and you'll hear it right here on the Main Event Talk Podcast. Rhea's incredible right now. She's awesome. Match last night was great. All right, a couple of uh, NXT notes. So it did start off with Dom and Rhea coming down to the ring, and Wesley comes out and he's mad because Dom beat him for the title. And then, uh, out comes um, Ali, and Ali is really mad because Ali was supposed to get a shot at Wesley, but Wesley decided to defend against Dom and lost the title. So Ali's all angry, and he accidentally... You know, people accidentally say things they're not supposed to say on a live mic. He accidentally says that Wesley was stupid, and so now Wesley is angry, and so they go back and forth, and uh, eventually they... Uh, it leads to Rhea basically setting up the three-way at Great American Bash. And Dom is he's like, are you sure we should do this? And she says, Mommy is never wrong. So it is a three-way coming up on Sunday. We had the schism against Ilya Dragunov, Trick Williams, and Carmelo Hayes. And, uh, you know, it's funny. This Trick Williams, everybody likes Trick Williams. He's like a big baby face. So they have to figure out something they can chant when he's in the ring. And they chant, whoop that trick, which doesn't make any sense, <laughs> but it makes them happy. So they chant it. And the story here is that uh, this was, it's kind of weird. They're, they're doing the, the comeback and everything like that. Gacy goes up top, and two of the masked dyad guys yank Rip and Jagger off the apron. And then Gacy misses a splash. Carmella hits a leg drop for the pin. And, you know, if there's anybody that hasn't figured it out yet, the two masked guys are uh, the Creeds, who lost a Loser Leaves Town match. And uh, the announcers, two masked guys, who in storyline we're not supposed to know are the Creeds, yank Dyad members off the apron, their own teammates. And the announcers are like, what was that? Oh, well, anyway, and they just move on. And I'm like, that's kind of a big story. But one of the big story to them that night. I have a booking idea, but I don't have time for it right now. So you'll have to listen to Brian and Vinny tomorrow. Then we had Bon Wagner beating Big Body Javi. And uh, he squashes him. And then the fans chant, we want tables. And so uh, Wagner takes him outside. He power bombs him through the table. The place going crazy. Wagner's celebrating. The fans love him. And all of a sudden, he gets sliced in two by Braun Breaker. Braun spears the heck out of him. And then Braun Breaker gets his chair. And I think he's supposed to, like, he's got the chair, but, like, everybody comes down to break it up. But no one's there. And so Braun gets his chair, and he lifts it up. And no one's there. And so I think he figures, oh, I'm not supposed to hit him. <laughs> but I got to do something. And so his response is, he slams the chair on the ground. And then everybody jumps in, and they break it up. I died. Elia met with Carmelo. So they do these uh, these inset promos with Elia. And they're they're like, they're very weird verbiage. 
But he's like such an intense wild man that he kind of sort of makes him work. But he did not do that on this show. On this show, in that uh, match that they had had earlier, Elia went for the headbutt and he accidentally hit Trick. And Trick is very angry about he it. He whooped that Trick? He whooped that Trick, actually. And so, uh, you know, Trick is, you know, he storms up to him and he wants to fight and, and Carmelo's trying to hold him off. And, uh, like, man, this Ilya Dragunov in his street clothes, calmly explaining, you need to, you need to prevent your buddy from challenging me tonight. Because if he challenges me tonight, I am going to break him. And he has a way of, of saying this in such a calm manner that you're like, this guy might be a serial killer. Like, he horrified me with this promo. Then we had Gable Steveson come out to make his decision. You know, there have been a couple of Gable Steveson segments where he's shown a lot of charisma of late, but he showed zilch. Absolutely zilch in this segment. I mean, he was just a, a human being saying words. And he's teasing that he might do this or that. And then out comes Corbin to save the day, believe it or not. And Corbin's explaining, you know, you should go back to the Olympics. You should go back for that NCAA title. Because if you don't, you're going sh- to end up here and you're going to do something you've never done before, which is fail. It's not amateur wrestling. I will make you question your existence. And Gable says, you've made my decision that much easier. Me and you at the Great American Bash. And so it's on. We had Cora Jade and Dana Brooke in a kendo stick match. And uh, the match itself wasn't very good, really. But they made the most of that kendo stick. Man, they just whacked each other with those kendo stick shots. And finally, Dana suplexed her onto a pile of sticks and chairs, hit her with a senton on the pile, and pinned her. We had another Mello and Elias segment. And then uh, Tony D and Stax versus Bronco Lima and Lucian Price. And uh, I did not go back in my notes and see, you know, which guy I said looked better than the other last week. But regardless, uh, this week, Bronco Lima looked miles beyond Lucian Price. May have been the same last week, but I, I got to go back and check. But they're both super green. But uh, Bronco is, is much, much faster. He's much more explosive. And I thought they were going to go in there and do like a, just a two-minute match or whatever. But, man, they put in time. And I can't say like it was a really good match. Because, you know, Bronco and Lucian are so green. But when you think about how green Tony D is, he's had probably like two dozen matches in his whole career. And, you know, Stax had, I think, done some indie stuff before or whatever. But this match was like so much better than it had any right to be. And they put in time. And finally, they hit their double team finish on Lucian. They pinned him. And so they're going on to face the uh, champions for the tag titles on Sunday. Gals did a promo building that up. We had a, uh, a Roxanne and uh, Blair Davenport uh, pre-tape deal. They brawled in a convenience store. <laughs> like, Roxanne found her and attacked her. Because, uh, you know, Blair's been doing these promos talking about how this is a woman's division. You're just a little girl. And if you watch a lot of Roxanne, like, sometimes she just comes off as, you know, she's sweet and little. In this brawl, man, she was crazed. And uh, I thought it was very, very effective in showing the other side of Roxanne, because she actually can come across as, like, a complete maniac. And, man, she's destroying Blair, and just she beat the crap out of her in this convenience store. She probably took 
tips from Booker T about fighting in a store. Well, she may have. Whoever was responsible for this. There you go. He fought Steve Austin in a grocery store. That's right. Then we had a uh, metaphor segment to set up the, uh, the deal on Sunday. Talk more about that later on. Clips of Angel and Umberto freaking out backstage. and they, they broke up basically last week, and Umberto starts screaming at him. And he says, you need to listen to me for the first time in my life. Are we chasing women or are we chasing glory? I ain't doing this anymore, and he storms off. So I actually think they're not breaking up. I think they're they're going to repackage themselves as a, as a team, and uh, I think that's where they're going here. Then we had uh, Rhea Ripley and Lyra. And uh, they had a very good match. Rhea did a great job. Sold a ton for her. Beat her up. Lots of great near falls at the end. They had these fans going nuts by the end of this match. And they weren't super into it at the beginning. And finally, Lyra hit one big kick after another. Went for a springboard. Booted out of midair. Hit with a riptide for the pin. And then Rhea helped her up afterwards. Said, go prove me right and beat JC Jane. So giving her the acknowledgement that, man, you did a great job here tonight. As Edge said, you swam. And then the main event was the big brawl between Elia and Trick. And oh my god, Elia absolutely left both of these dudes for dead. He killed them. And, uh, and he was awesome. Well, that was the Wrestling Observer talking about what took place this past Tuesday night on NXT. Uh, a lot is going to be going down tomorrow night. NXT is going to be having the Great American Bash, which is going to take place over... Uh, it, it said Cedar Park, Texas, and then they changed it to Austin, Texas. So technically, it's in the same area. I should know that. Now, before we talk about NXT's Great American Bash, I just want to note that NXT is going to be having a Saturday night event, which is going to take place on September 30th, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, <clears throat> and just to look into this a little bit, because uh, it was announced just yesterday and NXT is going to be pulling over another great WWE pay-per-view event, which will be entitled, yes, there it is, NXT's No Mercy. Yep, No Mercy, which will be taking place. Let me see if there's any information in regards to it. Let's see, NXT, WWE No Mercy. Okay, that 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 don't care about that. Okay, NXT No Mercy, which is going to be happening on Saturday, December no uh, Saturday, September thirtieth. Now, no matches have been announced yet, but tickets are already on sale, and they're going to be taking place over, uh, I believe it's Bakersfield, California, which is the home of uh, Dima and several other great bands that have came from Bakersfield. So. Just to reiterate on that. So if you're in the Bakersfield area over in California, get your tickets over there and check out NXT No Mercy as it happens live Saturday, September 20th, 30th uh, on Peacock. It's going to be a great event. Don't know what's going to happen on there, but I'll definitely be getting a chance to check it out. Okay, so let's get into some of the matches that are going to be happening at the Great American Bash, which is going to be taking place live tomorrow night. So far, from the list of things, we've got about seven matches that will happen. And I think one of them, and it looks like from the looks of it, I think one of them is going to be on the Countdown show. So it'll probably, and it's kind of better that way because I think it would be better to just have this matchup take place over in the Countdown show during 
um, NXT's Great American Bash. So, here's what's going to happen. So, uh, eight-person tag, uh, eight-person mixed tag match. It's going to consist of Dragon Lee, Nathan Frazier, uh, and if I am not pronouncing this correctly, I apologize, uh, Yulisa Leo. Oh, oh, yeah, that's right. Yulisa Leo and uh, Valentina Ferranz. Ferranz, is that right? Ferranz, well, that's right. They're going to be taking on the team of the metaphor. The, the the metaphor. <laughs> the stupidest name I've ever heard. Okay. Consists of Noah Darm, Oro Manasa, uh, Jay Cara Jackson, and Lash Legend. Okay. I know who these individuals are. I've seen them on NXT. Uh, there's this whole fight over the Heritage Cup, which is... Totally ridiculous, and I don't know how they're going to set this up, and it's going to be insane. But I'm going to go. I'm going to go with Dragon Lee. I'm going to go with Nathan Frazier, and I'm going to go with the other two women because number one, I I think they should win, and number two, I I, I think they should win. That's all you have to know. Everything else don't mean a fucking thing. Okay, so I think that's going to happen on the countdown show. So she'll, so you'll probably be able to see it free for NXT. On, on Peacock and also see it free on YouTube. So get a chance to look at it. Oh, and also you can check it out on Facebook as well for all you guys that are interested in checking out some stuff on there. All right. So we have, I don't think this will be the first match, but I think it probably will be as the setup is how it goes. Uh, triple threat match for the North American Championship. The champion, as you know, Dominic Mysterio, Dirty Dom, as they call him, taking on Wesley Mustafa Ali. Okay, now, originally this was supposed to have been Mustafa Ali against Wesley, which I thought, you know, I, I can't wait to see this match. And also, more importantly, I think it's going to lead to a point where Mustafa Ali is going to become the NXT North American Champion, which I'm hoping that that does happen. And I'm honestly, I'm honestly still hoping that that happens. Let me explain why. Dominic, to me, in my personal opinion, him becoming North American Champion is okay, but I'm hoping it's just temporary. Let me explain why. Now, if you guys remember a similar situation, Keep in mind, Dom is in the main roster. But I've always felt Dom should have been in NXT first before he came to the main roster, right? I felt he should have always done that, but, you know, he, he's, you know he's with his father and yada, 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 and you know how that goes. Now, the reason why I'm bringing that up is because we're in a similar situation to what happened about a year ago. Now, think about this. What happened a year ago, you had Carmelo Hayes, who was a North American champion, and he had this open challenge, right? And nobody would accept the challenge except for Solo Sokoa, who actually won the North American Championship against Carmelo Hayes. Now, this was about a year ago. Now, keep in mind, at that time, Solo Sokoa had already entered the main roster. And he is just winning the North American Championship and entering the bloodline. Now, the thing that I find funny about that situation is this. You have 
Solo Sokoa, who just became the North American champion. And my thought was they were going to have to strip him of the championship because I seriously doubt they're going to have the North American championship being defended in uh, on a SmackDown or Raw ring, which I, I think would have been nice. I think it would have been nice if Solo Sokoa would have become champion and would have defended that championship and lose it in NXT and while going back to the main roster instead of being stripped of the title like he did. So in this case, it looks like they're actually listening to what now I'm now what I'm saying is having Dom defend his championship everywhere. He defended his championship on Raw. He defended his championship on SmackDown. He defended his championship on uh, NXT. Uh, now he's scheduled to defend his championship now against Wesley and Mustafa Ali. Now, here's the thing. You're going to find this very, very funny. But I think Dom should... I think, in, in a crazy way, I think Dom should hold on to the title just a little, a little while longer. Just to make the NXT Championship a little bit more prestigious than it is. And have him lose it at no mercy. I think. I think. That's just my opinion. That's just my thought on it. But if I were to pick anybody, Dominic's obviously going to win. It's obviously going to win if the Judgment Day gets involved. Okay? Or he, he could win if if anything happens and yada, yada, yada. But I think the person that should truly win should be Mustafa Ali. I think Mustafa Ali needs to be given this chance. He needs to be given this platform. He need, needs to be given this opportunity because, listen... Mustafa Ali is a great talent, and Mustafa Ali, I feel, needs to have that opportunity because, look, it's only going to be a matter of time before before something like this comes along and frustrates him a little bit more to a point where he's just wanting to get out of his contract. Because, listen, let's face it, there are certain superstars that feel that they deserve more. And, and, and yes, you can complain about it. Yes, you can bitch about it. But sometimes you have to understand from their point of view as to why they're giving this championship to Dominic, which is fine for ratings and, and for people wanting to watch NXT a little bit more. But you have to also keep in mind, I think a lot of people are going to get behind Dominic. But I think you should also give you know guys like Mustafa Ali an opportunity, especially uh, Mustafa Ali, who has been around for a long, long time and has never been given the proper push he deserves. So this is kind of a, a tough situation here for the North American Championship matchup. So Dom winning, I'm not I'm not saying Dom will win, okay? But it wouldn't surprise me if he does. It wouldn't surprise me if he does. But the situation here is you gotta give Mustafa Ali a chance. The only reason why I'm not pointing at Wesley is because number one, he's been North American champion. There's really no need for another Wesley title run. He's had a good title run. But it was this point where he should have lost a championship back at Vengeance Day. That's just my thoughts. So, in this match, I'm going to go... Dominic would be the easiest person to win it. But I think Mustafa Ali needs to win it. I think he needs to. He needs to bring something into the North American Championship. And also, we need to see that championship remain in NXT and not being seen defending it over... At uh, on SmackDown or Raw, and I think we need to make sure that there's at least a dent in the armor of the Judgment Day, kind of showing some sort of a sign that something's about to go down. But we will see how all this rolls in the next few weeks, because well, in the next few days anyway, because we're lead, we're heading to SummerSlam, so something's about to go down either way possible. So, 
Next matchup here, submissions match for the NXT Women's Championship. It's going to be Thea Hale going one-on-one -on -one against Tiffany Stratton. Now, this one is going to be a good match. Athena uh, Hale, I believe, has proven herself to be a contender. Uh, I'm not sure if she's ready to be the champion yet. And, and this is one of these situations where I don't know... And, and this is something that if, if Tiffany Stratton holds on to the title, I don't know. And, and this is the thing that bugs me so much. At uh, what was the last pay-per-view they did? Uh, it was uh, not Vengeance Day. It was Battleground, right? When Tiffany Stratton won the championship, more fans were getting behind Tiffany Stratton than they were uh, Laya, Val, uh, Laya Val, Valkyria, right? Valkyria, you know, the, the bird woman, whatever her name is. Um, because I think most people wanted to see something in Tiffany Stratton. They wanted to see her become the champion. And I think they wanted something out of it. Now, Tiffany is, you know, pretty much, she's a, she's a great athlete. I'm not going to deny that she is a, not a great athlete. She is Way, way, I know some people are going to hate me for saying this, but she is way, 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 way better than Mandy Rose. I'm sorry. I, I know some people are going to fight me for this. That's fine. But listen, you give me three great Mandy Rose matches and I'll tell you that you're right. She is great. I can tell you there's only one match that was good when Mandy Rose, when she was the champion, okay? I'll just go with that. But I think Tiffany Stratton's a way better champion. But in this submissions match, um, this will be interesting. So, you just know, for some odd reason, you just know that Tiffany Stratton is going to somehow, is going to somehow leave the, uh, leave the Great American Bash with the NXT women's championship. You almost see that coming. But it would be nice if the Hale were to win it. It would be nice. And if it happens, it'll probably be a short reign. So I'm probably going to go with Tiffany Stratton in this one. I don't know how she's going to get out of this. She may have something up her sleeve. Who knows? But we will see how all this rolls. Nonetheless, the main event is going to pick. I love Thea Hale. I, I think she deserves an opportunity, and I think she deserves to be in that top spot. But I think Tiffany Stratton is going to pull it off. I think I see that coming. I don't know how, but she'll find a way to pull it off. This one's an interesting one. The NXT Tag Team Championship. Gallus to take on the family of Tony D'Angelo and Stax. Now... <laughs> We've been following this whole thing with with Tony D'Angelo being in the clink and all this other stuff and, and yada, yada, yada. Well, I'm, there are some things that make sense, something that don't make sense. The only thing that I'm wondering is what the fuck did he do? What? Who did he kill? Who did he shoot? I don't know. It's just... The only thing I see out of this whole situation, Gallus has proven to be a great tag team. Gallus has proven to be a great tag team in so many ways. But I think the fans are going to see D'Angelo and Stax walk away 
with tag team gold. I think you almost see that coming. I would still like for Gallus to hold on to the titles a little while longer, but I think we need to see something different in the tag team division. So I'm thinking Tony Tony D'Angelo and Stax to walk away and become the new NXT tag team champions. I, I see that coming. It may happen, but we shall see how all this rolls out in every way possible. Now, this one's going to be a, a very interesting one, to say the very least, and this is something that I'm glad that it's going to happen. Baron Corbin going one-on-one against Gable Stevenson. Now, for those of you that know who Gable Stevenson is, uh, he's the man that won the Olympic gold medalist in the, uh, I believe it was the 2021 Olympics, right? If I'm not mistaken. Now, when they brought him to the main roster, when they brought him to the main roster, my first thought was, he's not ready. He's not ready at all. I, you know, you make a few appearances. He's an Olympic gold medalist. This dude's not Kurt Angle. This dude is not Kurt Angle by any stretch of the imagination. I have no doubt he's a tremendous athlete. I have no doubt he's a great athlete. But the thing is, you cannot compare. You cannot. I I love the idea of WWE wanting to have legitimate athletes perform in a WWE ring, especially when it comes to Gable Stevenson. But I think... He needs just a little bit more proper training and not just from guys like Kurt Angle and Brock Lesnar. He needs to really elevate his game and try to take it seriously. Now, if he, now there was a choice that he made, and the choice was that he was going to stick around at NXT, which I don't know if that was the real truth. I mean, because we, we don't really know. And, and honestly, people can give you reports about, they say that, well, this is not what really is supposed to happen. He was going to go back and yada, yada, yada. They need to make something out of this whole thing with Gable Stevenson. Now, him being a part of NXT, I'm glad. Because he needs to be given the right training. He needs to be given the right protocol. The right people need to be involved with Gable Stevenson to give him to the point where he needs to be a main-level star. Now, to me, Gable Stevenson can pull it off. Now, he this will be his first match on a pay-per-view event. Okay? Now, not a whole lot of people are going to want to buy this event because of Gable Stevenson. But we need to see how this dude performs. We need to see how this dude competes. Now, you have to look at this. Brock Lesnar. Chris Benoit. I'm sorry to mention his name, but you got to add this to it. Brock Lesnar. Chris Benoit. Kurt Angle. You have all of these tremendous athletes. These great athletes with amateur backgrounds. And these men that can compete and can give you 100%. Now, I'm, I don't care about charisma and all that stuff. I want to see what he does in the ring. We can work on the charisma and everything else like that afterwards, all right? We can get him there. But I think Gable Stevenson will give Baron Corbin a good match. Now, if it lasts, say, about five, uh, five to seven minutes in the match, Gable Stevenson will be on his way. Not out the door, but on his way. If the match lasts about 10 minutes, Gable Stevenson will, you know, and he's out there dominating, Gable Stevenson will prove that he definitely deserves to be here in the WWE by, you know, going in there and taking on some of the contenders in NXT. So I'm saying the match will last about a somewhere between 5 to 10 minutes, at least around there. But do I see... Baron Corbin winning. This will be the biggest test here. Because the oddest thing about this is you would, you would think 
that it would be easy to give Gable Stevenson the win. Easy. Very easy. But I think you need to let Baron Corbin win. I mean, th- this is going to sound strange, but I think it's better that Gable Stevenson loses first match. Here's why. You cannot expect, because much like, much like um, uh, Buddy Wayne or what, what was that guy that was in uh, an AEW? Um, uh, that, that Wade guy, whoever it was. You cannot expect a new guy to walk in and win over a seasoned veteran. You cannot. It is a, it's a ridiculous thing. Now, if they make Gable Stevenson win, he had better earn it. He had better earn it, especially when it comes to someone like a Baron Corbin. All right? Now, I believe Baron Corbin should beat should beat Gable Stevenson to kind of give Gable Stevenson an idea of how the WWE is. If it happens, you have a little feud going between the two. Gable Stevenson will get better as a performer. You'll see him a little bit more on NXT. He'll train better. He'll be around Corbin a few times. Corbin is a great worker, can help him out in certain ways. I think it's going to end up Baron Corbin winning over Gable Stevenson. I see that happening. I think it's the right call. If Gable Stevenson wins, that's fine. I don't know how far that's going to go, but, you know, it is what it is. If Gable Stevenson loses to Baron Corbin, it's the right move because you got to get him training in the right perspective. You've got to get him focused and ready to go. A win doesn't mean shit in the first match. A win does not mean shit. I don't care how. It's all about the performance. It's all about what the guy can do. And if he does get the win, fine. If he loses to a guy like Baron Corbin, you lost to a good veteran. That's good. Which will escalate your feud further. You have a story between the two men uh, escalating to a feud. And if it goes to the next pay-per-view, that's fine. If it goes to NXT uh, TV, that's fine too. But I say Gable Stevenson, Baron Corbin, going to be a good match. Last somewhere between 5 to 10 minutes. It will end with Baron Corbin winning. I see it like that. This one is going to be pretty interesting itself. It's going to be a weapons wild match. Roxanne Perez and Blair Davenport. Uh, Here's the thing. Um, They want to push Blair Davenport. But honestly, um, I... You know, this is... I, I feel like I'm the only person that wants to see Roxanne Perez wins this match. Here's why. Look, to me, Roxanne Perez, I think, needs to be back in the NXT title picture. I think we need to see her right back on there. Blair Davenport has a lot of enemies to go after. And I think um, looking into the people that she attacked, Nikita Lyons has not been around for a while. No doubt she'll make her return sometime at the Great American Bash. It would be great to see her... Or what about Wendy Chu? What about Wendy Chu? How about, you know, those those individuals? And, and how about uh, uh, Sol Ruka? Sol Ruka, who's been out for quite a while. There's a lot of women that Blair Davenport has attacked and put away. Now, if Roxanne Perez loses to Blair Davenport, well, that's going to kind of pull her back a little bit. I don't think Roxanne should go to the main roster yet. I say give Roxanne about at least a few more months until the beginning of 2024. That way, 
you'll develop Roxanne a little bit more. If she has to stay another year, okay, she has to stay another year. But I think that Blair Davenport shouldn't lose to Roxanne. I'm sorry, Blair Davenport should lose to Roxanne. Because it's a situation where Roxanne has competed up against some of the best women's wrestlers in this industry. And I think she deserves to be in the spotlight where you put Blair Davenport out of the way. And then you put her in a contenders match against uh, either Thea Hale or Tiffany Stratton for the NXT Women's Championship. Just like that. So in this matchup, Roxanne Perez to win. And Blair Davenport to get a surprise. I think that's what should happen. I think that that's what should happen at the Great American Bash happening tomorrow night. Uh, the surprise will probably be either Wendy Chu or Nikita Lyons. I think it, I think it damn well needs to be Nikita Lyons. We need to see her back in the ring. That is if she's medically cleared to compete. All right, and it's time for the final and last matchup right here. This will be interesting to say the very least. Carmelo Hayes defending his championship against Ilya Dragunov for the NXT Championship. Okay. This is going to be good in so many ways. You have... Carmelo Hayes, who has held on to the championship since when? April, right? April, May, June, July. We're almost about to get into August. Almost three, if not four months as champion. And he's done pretty well for himself. Now, he's going to go up against Ilya Dragunov, who is truly one of the best and one of the toughest individuals walking the face of NXT. This is a man who has taken on Gunther many times in the ring and has actually beaten Gunther in the ring to take that championship, to take the NXT UK championship from Gunther. And the thing that a lot of people seem to forget and I must remind people that Ilya Dragunov never lost that championship. Never lost the championship. But we know that in, in our minds, he's not the champion. But in other people's minds, especially minds like myself, we know that he wants that NXT championship. And we know that if he wins it, he'll pick up right where he left off. That's what I'm looking at here. So am I saying that Ilya Dragunov should become the champion? Let's look at a couple of other things that are going to be added to this equation here. Now, if you guys have been checking out SmackDown, you know that Bobby Lashley has been talking with the Street Profits, right? A couple weeks ago. Then last week, Bobby Lashley was in conversations with Trick Williams and Carmelo Hayes, which is incredible which is great to look at. Now, this week, the Street Profits were talking with Bobby Lashley and mentioning Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams, right? And that's about it. Now, the hint of this is, is that there is a chance that Carmelo Hayes will lose the championship. 
And there's also a good possibility that Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams will probably leave NXT and go to the main roster. Possibly go to SmackDown. Now, I'm not saying that a new Hurt business is coming into play. And I'm not saying it should be developed at this point. But if it's going to happen, you have Bobby Lashley. You have the Street Profits. You have Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams. You got five new individuals. Now, I think in Bobby Lashley's mind, and, and I'm stepping away from the Great American Bash for a moment. In this situation, Bobby Lashley has these new recruits involved, right? Tremendous athletes. Great at what they do. Some people may say it's the new hurt business. Possibly. Now, I feel, in many ways, if you add the services of, of, of MVP and Omos, you have yourself one of the most powerful factions in the history of WWE. The Street Profits... Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams, Bobby Lashley, Omos, and MVP. Now, that's just a discussion for another day, okay? We will leave that alone for now, but I want to everyone to note about that situation. Just to reiterate. Now, back to the Great American Bash. Carmelo Hayes has taken on Braun Breaker has taken on Grayson Waller, has taken on several opponents, even Baron Corbin, in his opportunity to defend and reclaim his championship every single time. But now he's taken on a man that is one of the toughest individuals walking the face of the earth. But not only that, a man that never lost his championship, but could gain it tomorrow night if all goes well Ilya Dragunov could walk away the new NXT champion does he deserve it in many ways yes because he never lost the NXT United Kingdom championship he never lost it he was stripped of it due to injury now if Carmelo Hayes wins this will be the toughest bout of his entire life. Because he's not in there with just a guy like a Braun Breaker or an experienced veteran like a Baron Corbin or a young prospect like uh, Grayson Waller. He's going to be in there with one tough son of a bitch. If Carmelo Hayes can pull it off, he will be able to retain the NXT Championship at the Great American Bash. So where does this lie with me? Who do I think will walk away with the championship? Is the question. This is going to be tough, and I'm going to call it um, the way I'm seeing it at this point with everything that has happened and everything I've been seeing in the last couple of weeks. I think we need to see Ilya Dragunov become champion. I I honestly think we need to see that. We need to see that because I think, look, if, if things go 
the way they go, and Ilya Dragunov becomes the champion, okay, then we have a new champion for NXT going forward, while Carmelo Hayes will, I'll probably give his farewell speech to move on to the main roster. Now, if that happens, I'm not saying it's going to, okay, but that's something to consider. Now, if Carmelo Hayes wins, then maybe, because there's a lot of rumors about him as well, maybe Ilya Dragunov will be leaving NXT, will probably move on to go to Imperium and be alongside with Gunther. Now, it has not been made official yet because we've heard those rumors for several weeks now. So the main event is going to go with Ilya Dragunov to become the new NXT North American... I'm, I'm sorry, the new NXT champion, defeating Carmelo Hayes. I feel that it's going to happen. I think this matchup will go the distance. I think it'll go as far as somewhere along the lines of maybe a good 20, 25 minutes, possibly 30 but I'm going to go with somewhere around 20 to 25 minutes, and it's going to be incredible. It's going to be an outstanding match. It's going to probably be one of the best matches on the card. Carmelo Hayes, Ilya Dragunov, NXT Championship at the Great American Bash. It's going to be incredible. All these matches are going to be good, and it'll be great to check it out tomorrow night, guys. So get an opportunity to check it out while you can. Saturday, July 30th over at the Cedar Park, Texas, over in Austin, Texas, to be exact. Check it out over there. It's going to be great. Live Saturday, uh, live Sunday, July 30th, only on Peacock. It's the Great American Bash. A lot of stuff's going to happen. A lot of history with the Great American Bash, if you know that quite well. The Great American Bash, live Sunday, July 30th, only on Peacock. Okay, guys, that's going to do it for this edition of this episode of the Main Event Talk Podcast. I wish it would be a little bit longer, but we got a lot of stuff to cover in every way possible, and we'll cover more as we can next week on the Main Event Talk Podcast. Next week is SummerSlam weekend, so we're going to be prepared to see what's going to happen. I talked about some of the matches that will be taking place, and no doubt more matches will be announced in the next couple of days until we get to SummerSlam. We know about Cody Rhodes against Brock Lesnar. We know about the WWE World Heavyweight Championship being on the line, the undisputed WWE Universal Championship being on the line, and several other matches that are going to take place at SummerSlam, all to take place live over at Detroit, Michigan, and Ford Field. It's going to be epic live on Saturday, August the 5th. All of us are going to be prepared for that, and there's going to be a lot of other stuff that's going to happen. So next week on the Mini Event Talk Podcast, we will give you the full card, and we will give you all the matches that are going to happen on Saturday, August 5th, the biggest party of the summer, SummerSlam, live August 5th in Detroit, Michigan. It's going to be epic, and plus, we will give you the aftermath of NXT's Great American Bash as it happens, and... We'll talk a little bit more about several things happening AEW. Is there going to be any matches that take place over and all in? Anything that's happening all out? Anything to come up with? And also, um, and this is something else to think about, and we'll uh, we'll mention we'll mention when we can. Uh, NWA's seventy five going to take place. We know about EC three taking on Tyrus. We know that that will take place. An interesting stipulation 
will be added, is already added to this, which we will talk about next week on the Mini Event Talk podcast. Also, Impact Wrestling's emergence will happen, and it is official. It is going to happen. The rematch for the NX, for the Knockouts Championship, Trinity will be defending your championship against the former champion, Deano Perrazzo. That is going to happen. I believe it's on August 20th. There's going to be a lot of events that are going to happen on August 20th and a lot of other things that will happen in the next few days, few weeks coming in to August. So we got to be prepared for all that and much, much more. We've got a lot of wrestling to talk about in the next couple of weeks. So be prepared for that. As always, follow the main event on Twitter, twitter.com slash at main event player. You can also follow me on Instagram and Instagram.com slash at main event player two. Wait a minute. I just said something wrong, didn't I? Follow the main event on Twitter, twitter.com slash at main event player. Got it. Follow me on Instagram at Instagram.com slash made event player two. Got that right. And if you want a friend request me on Facebook, as always, proceed at your own fucking risk if you can. Once again, a big happy birthday. Shout out to Candy Diamond. Hope you have yourself a great birthday over at Rich's Billiards. A shot is on me in every way possible. And uh, like I said, I would love to be there. But, you know, I have some prior commitments and I have to do it and everything else like that. But I just wanted you to know that your name is being mentioned right here on the Main Event Talk podcast. Have a great birthday, Candy. And hopefully everybody and hopefully everybody gets a chance to go over to Rich's Billiards and wish Candy a happy birthday over there. And tell her I said so, okay? Just like that. Guys, thank you for listening. Be ready for next week. Next week will be SummerSlam. We will be prepared. I think, you know what? With uh, SummerSlam happening on a Saturday, we'll probably release the episode on a Friday. But we'll give you more details on it in the few days to come. Thank you for listening, and I will see you next week, guys. Why? Because I can and I want to. Any questions? Enough said. Tomorrow is the bash. Be ready for that.